And welcome to another episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. E. Vandervliet, your host here with his trusted canine, Woody. Woody, how you doing this fine day? Woody says woof. Woody's a dog, folks. Can't talk, but he does have a special request. If he could talk, here's what his request is today, and that is whatever platform you're listening to this on, please like, follow, share, subscribe, rate. All those things that help move algorithms uh, that are... That's part of our life now that like, share, follow, subscribe, rate. If you're listening to this on Apple iTunes, please give us a five-star rating. That helps move us up in the algorithms. The show has been performing very, very well. Each week is better than last week, and we'd like to keep that momentum going, and I need your help. Again, like, follow, share, subscribe, and rate this podcast five star please five star if there's a hundred stars please give us a hundred stars but most typically it's five stars that is woody's one request and woody how can you deny woody that request all right well let's get on with the topics today we got a lot to go over i've got a mega wednesday topic i want to put out there i've got a lot of media that is just going nuts about the election and what potential outcomes will be they're they're trying to say that donald trump will not leave the office if he doesn't win i've got a story where they've laid out scenarios of what would happen if biden doesn't win or biden doesn't get a landslide it's just crazy nonsense that we hear election after election after election also i've got something you know the oscars have made a huge change that may make you not want to watch them if you're already not watching them like i am and then have we been had with the coronavirus numbers, the China virus numbers. Got a report out of England that, you know what? There may have been a mistake in the calculations that have led to everything we're going through. So that's going to be towards the end of segment two today. So stay tuned for that one. Please listen to that segment. But let's get on with the MAGA topic right here. In January 31st, 2020, President Trump signed an executive order uh, that combat human trafficking and online child exploitations in the administration's latest effort to curb the practices. Now, his daughter, Ivanka, was the one who led this. And uh, this is kind of a pet peeve or pet, not pet peeve, pet project of hers. And recently, it seems like there's just a lot of stories of found missing children, which is great. It's absolutely tragic, heartbreaking, and horrific what happens to children that go missing. And that they go missing at all. But President Trump has taken an initiative to combat this through an executive order. So more attention is being paid to human trafficking. And it is a worldwide problem. This isn't isolated in one area. The state I live in, the state of Georgia, is has a huge number of missing and exploited children. Now, it could be because we're on the I-75 corridor. could be we just got bad people in our country, but it's just absolutely horrific. So President Trump signs an executive order expanding the efforts to combat human trafficking and capture and get these monsters off the street. The story that perked my interest on this back in August, uh, I saw a story here in Georgia where the U.S. Marshals, and this is from CNN, U.S. Marshals find 39 missing children in Georgia through Operation Not Forgotten. 39 missing children. And you see story after story. If you just do like a Google search or a Duck, Duck Go search, 
you see a ton of these stories uh, and it's just heartbreaking. Like here's one, 25 more endangered children located as sex trafficking bus continued in two states. Uh, this is out of USA Today. Uh, September 1st, days after the U.S. Marshal Service announced the rescue of 39 endangered children in Georgia, similar operations are ongoing in two other states as authorities target missing kids who may be the victim of sex trafficking. In Ohio, Operation Safety Net led to the discovery of 25 children ages 13 to 18 in less than three weeks, the Marshal Service has said. The operation is likely to continue in October, U.S. Marshal Peter Elliott said the two week operation is underwear near Indianapolis. Darby Kirby, chief of the Marshall's missing children unit, told USA Today in an email. And, and it's just unbelievable. This, this next paragraph is just unbelievable. These statistics, these operations are part of an effort at the local level to locate missing children rather than a coordinated nationwide sweep. Kirby said since 2005, the Marshall's have helped recover 1800 missing children. And that is not a large number since 2005. There have been so many missing children over the years. It's it's in the hundreds of thousands. And now President Trump has put a spotlight on it to help find these children. And of course, the left has a problem with it. What's the problem? You said, no, no, E, E, no way. The left can't have a problem with this. Oh, they do. They do because they got a problem with everything. And who had a problem with this one? Well, these are uh, immigration groups who don't feel uh, that Trump went far enough to protect immigrants that come over our borders or that are in other countries. So they they there's one group that actually um, did not attend the 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 service when he signed the executive order because it didn't go far enough to protect the immigrant children this is refugees international so some groups criticized the summit while others said they were boycotting eric schwartz president of refugees international said in a statement that the administration has pursued policies that endanger trafficking victims by chipping away at their legal protections schwartz cited an increase in the denial rate for special visas that allow trafficking victims to legalize their status access service and seek punishment for their abusers so there you have it. The left has to have a problem with everything that this president does. And he signs an executive order to combat human trafficking, sex trafficking of minors, specifically online. And the left has to have a problem with it. But did you hear this in Canada? You probably didn't hear this in Canada. Trudeau government pulls funding for human trafficking victims. This is from uh, the post-millennial, and the date is May 14, 2020. Aaron Purse is the author of this. Canadians women's organizations working to support women and girls who have been sexually exploited by men say that Justin Trudeau's liberal government will not renew funding, federal funding programs, will, will, and programs will close as a result. This clearly signals that the prime minister, a self-identifying feminist, considers female victims of male violence and exploitation unworthy of help. He is content to throw these hidden victims to the wolves. Now, why do I bring up what Trudeau did? Trudeau's a leftist. I mean, you put him in a category here in America as a leftist. And the left right now absolutely despise Donald Trump. I mean, it's a visceral hate that they have of this man. So he doesn't get praise for this from the left. In fact, the Refugees International they boycotted the signing because it didn't go far enough uh, to 
allow trafficking victims to legalize their status. Just, he, he, you know, you can't win for, for on anything with these people. So you got to just, and this is what Trump does, and this is why I love this president, is he doesn't let it bother him. Past politicians, Republican politicians, would be falling all over themselves trying to make people like them and not necessarily do the right thing or what's right for the country or what they their core beliefs are. They're trying to, they don't want anybody to criticize them. But Trump, he just goes full forward. So, and you got to respect him for that. Now, recently here in the state of Georgia, there was an op-ed written by Marty Kemp, who's the first lady of Georgia. This is from September 6, 2020. The headline is partnering with the president to end human trafficking in Georgia, America. That's comma America. And the, the opening paragraph of this, my gosh, every month, 7,200 men purchase sex with an innocent minor in Georgia, and the average victim is just over 14 years old. It's an evil industry driven by profit that undermines the safety for our families through strategic partnerships. We are taking timely action to end the scourge in our state and country. Yeah, that. It's just mind-boggling when you look at the numbers. So kudos to President Trump. This is his MAGA Wednesday shout-out that he's highlighting this issue and action is being done. Now, I'm not going to pull numbers that compare uh, how many people have been arrested for human trafficking versus this administration, that administration. In fact, there is a, a post going around that highlights how many more, by thousands more, are arrested by Trump than Obama. And there's some fudging of those numbers, and the fudging basically is this. The numbers for Obama are straight human trafficking, whereas the other numbers, they fudge a little bit to add it in. It's kind of like the COVID deaths. So I didn't want to get into that. What I wanted to give is give Trump some credit where credit is due, show some results, and highlight this just tragic issue. Uh, this is from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. I want to go over the risk factors, and we all need to be aware of this so we all can look for this, and hopefully, hopefully we see it and we act on it. Uh, risk factors. While any child can be targeted by a trafficker, research has shown that traffickers often target children with increased vulnerability, vulnerabilities, including children who are chronically missing or are frequently run away, children who have experienced childhood sexual abuse, uh, children who have experienced prior sexual assault or rape, children with significant substance abuse issues, or who live with someone who has significant substance abuse issues, and children who identify as LGBTQ and have been kicked out uh, or who have been stigmatized by their family. Now, this is important to remember when I get into this COVID-19 article uh, at the end of the next segment. Uh, the, what part do you want to remember on this? Uh, children who have experienced childhood sexual abuse, especially abuse, was unreported or addressed. Basically, children that are in their homes that are abused. I think you'll know where I'm going with this. But What's staggering is the numbers, the numbers, you know, of the more than 23,500 endangered runaways and runaways or the most likely ones to be abused and put into sex trafficking uh, reported to the NCMEC in 2019, one in six were likely victims of child sex trafficking. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of kids. That's, that's in 2019. So it's like over 4,000 kids. So today, the average age of child, excuse me, child sex trafficking victims reported missing to the NCMEC 
is only 15 years old. And child sex trafficking has been reported in all 50 states. It is a problem and it is being addressed by this president. So kudos to you, Mr. Trump, President Trump, for looking for doing something about this. And here, here's another article from the uh, Akron Beacon Journal and the headline, New Effort Seeks to Find 200 Missing Kids from the Cleveland Area. 200 missing kids. This is just awful. And uh, again, President Trump has put a highlight on this and we're seeing some results. So that's our MAGA Wednesday. So what I want to get into now is just all this bad reporting and all this just the, the what the media has been doing to this president has just been uh, uh, unprecedented i mean i know politics is down and dirty and you know there are a lot of people that'll say this is the most dirtiest pol political campaign or environment they've ever seen in, in our lifetime in my lifetime it absolutely is now in politics in in our country used to get pretty down and dirty in the 1800s. It was pretty pretty in the gutter. We're back there. We're back in the down and dirty because the things that this press say about this president are just absolutely horrendous. Here's one. It's an older story, but I wanted to bring this up because it kind of ties into the whole human trafficking topic. Uh, this is from Crooks and Liars, which used to be a long time ago, if I remember right, used to be kind of a right-leaning publication. Now it's just all batshit leftist right now. The headline is Epstein and Trump, the cover-up and the child rape. That's right. That's right. Epstein and Trump, the cover-up and the child rape. So these these cretins over at Crooks and Liars tried to tie in Donald Trump to Epstein and tried to tie in some type of child rape accusation against Trump. The subheadline is, the Epstein sex crimes case might help one of Trump's rape accusers bust him, but it won't be easy because multiple power players will protect him. You see where they're going with this, how they're already starting to wiggle out of it? For one, we there is no proof that Trump and Epstein ever, ever, ever did anything together. There's no proof he's been on the Lolita Express. There's no proof that he's been to, you know, Pedophile Island. Yes, have they were they at parties together? Absolutely. Is there video and pictures of them together? Absolutely. They ran in the same circles. But this article, this article goes, I mean, the leap of faith this article makes, it's total BS. It's like that Atlantic article that was just uh, published from, from uh, was it Jeffrey Goldberg, I think it was. I mean, just all it is is lie after lie and assumptions after assumptions. Uh, listen to this. The Epstein case might be another way to bust Trump for one of his many serious crimes. And, and granted, remember, this, this was published uh, July of 2019, uh, but it won't be easy. We can expect Trump's White House to deal with with this case like the others. And that's where they go. First, deny. Then project Trump's actions onto other people, in this case, Bill Clinton. Okay. Next, they will try to distance themselves from the perpetrator while discrediting the victims involved. Finally, there will be lots of screaming about witch hunts. All right. None of this happened. None of this came to fruition. Yeah. Bill Clinton kind of caught up in this because you know why? Well, we got flight logs. We've got actual documented proof Bill Clinton was on that flight, on that plane. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. 
So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on election day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. We don't have documented proof that Bill Clinton went to Pedophile Island, but we got pictures of him getting on the plane. And then we got Bill Clinton denying it. But right here, what they're going to tell you is they're going to point the finger at other people and then they're going to be screaming about witch hunts. Now, Trump has said it's a witch hunt, and he said this prior to this article. So this article is taking verbiage Trump has used, inserting it into the article so people will believe, yeah, yeah, Trump will say stuff like that because I heard him say it before. It's the same thing that Atlantic Peace did where they inserted language that Trump has used to try to make people think, well, yeah, he said that kind of stuff before, so it might be true. It must be true. Now, the article goes on. Remember with Trump, there are actual crimes that happened. What crimes? If there were crimes, we'd know about it. Uh, we have records of victims being paid off in Trump's fraud and theft crimes. Okay. Notice what they're doing here. There's no, they started this with a child rape headline. And now notice how they say victims being paid off. They don't say anything about the victims. They're making you assume and making you, inf uh, they're inferring that the victims are children. Just not the case. Now, I'm not going to get into what Trump has paid off, what who he has paid off. You know, obviously the Stormy Daniels story comes to mind. That's what most people are going to think of. Um, but I'm not going to get into that. Now, and, because that's not what they're trying to infer. What they're trying to infer is Donald Trump raped a child. In other cases, people were threatened so they would shut up. We have evidence of that too. Trump has always used both high-level legal tricks and low-level thuggery. So again, they're using common vernaculars, common things that people have said already to try to infer that Trump has raped a child. So <clears throat> for Trump's alleged sexual assault cases, he uses the same tricks. Only in this case, he might be the one who sees himself as a victim. If Epstein has evidence against Trump, I think it would go like this. All right, here goes their assumptions. This is what they would say Trump would do. It never happened. Show the photo evidence. And then when they show the photo evidence, I was told she was 18. And when they play the audio evidence, that could have been anyone. Where's your proof? You got to have video evidence. Well, that's fake. They're saying that that's going to all happen. And this article goes on and on. And then they quote a tweet from Donald Trump from October 8th, 2012. And the tweet from Trump is got to do something about these missing children grabbed by the perverts. Too many incidents, fast trial, death penalty. And they're trying to infer that Donald Trump is part of that. When Donald Trump just signed that executive order that, that gave resources, that gave money, that created positions to combat human trafficking and specifically child sex trafficking. I, I don't even want to get into the rest of this article from Crooks and Liars because they are that latter part. They're liars. The, these articles that pop up like this are, are just unbelievable what the media, it, it, how they try to paint Trump and how they try to infer this, infer that. I mean, it's it's to the point where it's just sickening. And there's a lot more right now. This is the silly season because we're in election season. There's a lot more. Like, did you see um, – uh, Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook, uh, on that video conference call, 
And this is what he had to say. He says, what we and other media need to start doing is preparing the American people that there is nothing illegitimate about this election taking additional days or weeks to make sure all the votes are counted. Who Who is Mark Zuckerberg to do that? He's not an elected official. He has a media company. So what we and other media need to start doing is preparing the American people? That That's called brainwashing. Hello. That's called propaganda. You don't need to prepare me. I'm, I'm educated and I'm, in, I'm informed, as are most Americans. I have more faith in the American public than apparently Mark Zuckerberg with this strange haircut. But this is what he's advocating. And so what Facebook has said they're going to do is they're going to shut down any site that calls the election before the official results. Now, why why are they doing that? Well, of course, with this paper ballot nonsense going on, they're doing it because they know there's going to be holdups with election results. But but not so fast there, uh, Mr. Zuckerberg. There are federal laws. There are laws written into the Constitution of how our elections are handled. This from the Wall Street Journal. So, and it goes on to talk about the. Um, 2000 and 2000 election and it lays out that basically under federal law the presidential election must take place on november 3rd and the electors chosen on the day must vote on december 14th so between november 3rd and december 14th they have to get this done they have to get all the ballots in. And there's also a law that any late ballots, if they're not postmarked before November 3rd, they're not going to count. So this whole paper ballot thing is designed to cause chaos because it will cause chaos. But here's the thing about that. And I don't want anybody to worry about this because here is the thing. Under the Constitution of the United States of America, states are issued the power of how to handle a presidential election. It's all handled at the state level. Each state puts in place its processes and procedures and rules for the presidential election. So there's slightly, out of the 50 states, I think there are 26 red states in the United States. And of those blue states that kind of lean red, that lean for presidential red, if you will, that'll vote for Trump, those governors are going to want to get reelected. And it's really the secretary of states of each state that control all of this. So you're looking at states like California, New York, Washington state, Oregon, that are going to be the ones in turmoil. Well, the thing is, these states are not likely to go for Trump. The states that are in question are going to be the battleground states like Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. So those states are going to be watched pretty closely, and those are the states that this administration needs to make sure that they have people on the ground to ensure a fluid process. But the worry is, you look at Michigan, that's ran by a Democrat, uh, Mayor, uh, Governor Whitmer, and she's a little bit little bit on the kooky side, and she's a lot of bit on the totalitarian side. So who knows what she's going to do? So that's where the concern lies. But Mark Zuckerberg, who cares what he does with his company? I don't care, by the way. If he wants to do that with Facebook, that's fine. Who cares? I mean, it is censorship, but you know what? They're not a government entity. They can do whatever they want. They're a private company. They're a private entity, so owned by the stockholders. So they can their governing board, whoever runs their company, can make whatever decisions they want for their company. 
It's not a censorship, nor is it a free speech issue. Censorship and free speech are coming directly from the government. The government censors you or the government denies you your free speech. That's where free speech is protected. Facebook is irrelevant. And you know what? Facebook should be irrelevant. Facebook has been hurting. They've been losing um, uh, memberships, readerships, whatever you call them, people who have accounts, whatever it is. Uh, most people like myself will have a Facebook because they're like, I have this show or a business and you just have to have it because of that. But what Zuckerberg here is doing is he's poisoning the psyche of the Americans. Now, who's going to fall for this? Well, it's not you, not me. It's going to be the left. Those leftists that just don't have a clue and that, that, that love this kind of red meat and, and, and don't do research, wear their emotions on their sleeves. They're the ones that are going to be like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So I'm and, and then you got all this rhetoric and it happens every election season, every presidential election season where they say, well, what if the the the, the president doesn't leave? What's going to happen? You know, they said it with Obama that Obama was most likely not going to want to leave the Oval Office. All right. They said it with Bush. I mean. For all I know, they've said it with every single president, but I know the last two presidents, they said it. I remember reading those stories thinking, that's crazy. One thing about this nation, one thing about America that is unique is we have had from the founding of our government a peaceful transfer of power every time. You look at the transfer of power from the Obama administration to the Trump administration, and yeah, they had those sour, glum looks on their face, but it was a peaceful transfer of of power. And it's going to happen that again this time. I mean, there's a story I'm going to get into a little bit of the Washington Post that you're just not going to believe. And there are so all these stories coming up about there's going to be violent unrest if uh, Biden loses the election. Uh, I'm not sure I'm buying into all that. Um, I'm thinking there's not going to be any issues. Yeah, there's going to be the leftist crying. We'll probably see that same lady with the green hat or whatnot crying. We're going to see leftists have meltdowns. We're going to see the glum media like we did last time. But the biggest fear in this election cycle, in my opinion, is those paper ballots. Some states are going to adopt them. Other states are not. Remember, states have the right to hold the presidential election how they see fit. The federal government has no say in how the federal election is ran in each state. It's written into the Constitution. There is no constitutional right for you to elect the president based on federal law. It's not in the Constitution. It's all handled at the state. So some states are going to monkey around and other states are going to have a clean, fluid process. And that clean, fluid process just may be enough to give enough electoral votes to one candidate or the other. In my opinion, that candidate will be Donald Trump. But when I come back uh, on, in the second segment, I'm going to start with that article in the, um, uh, the Washington Post. And you're just not going to believe this article. So be sure to hop over to the second segment and, and listen to that one. So in the meantime, Please like, share, follow, rate, subscribe to this on whatever platform you are on listening to this podcast because, again, it helps with the algorithm, helps move us up, and we have been rising very rapidly, and we want to just keep that momentum going. And, again, I need your help. Woody, 
Woody needs your help because he said woof. All right, see you guys on the second segment.